and welcome back to Making Better Bites. It is your host, Adrienne, here for another fantastic episode. So today I was really wanting to talk about how to know your cycle better um, for anyone who maybe isn't on birth control currently or is considering stopping their birth control and wants to hear about different options available to them in case they have never been informed. Just because I've talked in the past especially about... um, how I have never been on birth control and I still follow like my cycle to know when I'm ovulating and when I'm fertile and all of those things in order to um, know my body and avoid a pregnancy. Um, And I've also talked about how there is a major gap in education for women on their cycles and how it's important to their health and is a bio health indicator that should be listened to just as blood work, bowel movements and family history. There's so much to know about your body in order to be your best self-advocate for your health, which is very important to me. Having an understanding of general functions and written proof of changes and trends for you can help you get answers sooner in many cases when it comes to your health and bringing information or concerns like to your doctors or other medical professionals. So, I'm fortunate enough to have found providers who have taught me a lot about it, and I have sought out information from um, more natural, holistic providers, and I want to be a resource for you to pass along this valuable information, so even if you're not going to use it for yourself, maybe for a friend, maybe in the future, or maybe you just didn't know, and you want to know more about it, I feel like it's becoming more of a topic now of... Um, young women in their 20s who've been on birth control for like 5, 10, 15 years and wanting to stop it and realizing like the health implications that can come along with it. Um, So I just wanted to give you like kind of my experience and like a full background of that. Um, Yeah, so it could be information for you, your friends, your family, really anybody in your life. So um, our hormones and bodies like as females run cyclically in a way that is different from males. So they have like a 24-hour hormone cycle that is obviously like the same length as the days that we live, which should be differently um, treated differently than ours, and we should be treated differently in our health um, for many reasons, but also because they run on a day-to-day schedule, and our bodies run cyclically on... Um, like our menstrual cycles, which are roughly every 28 days. So your sex hormones should be higher and lower at different points throughout your entire menstrual cycle. Whereas for a male, their um, hormones will peak and fall um, with the typical like daytime 24-hour cycle. So in my background, this is always this way of like tracking and understanding your cycle Um, has been referred to as natural family planning. So that is one name you might know it by, but it can also be called um, fertility awareness. Um, So to start, I will kind of explain the different types of tracking that I know that exist um, that you can use when you are not on any kind of hormonal birth control. So there are different methods that you can use based on the calendar or rhythm method. There's also the basal body temperature method and the form that I have always used, which is a cervical mucus method. So I know a lot of people find success using the basal body temperature, 
especially I know after you have a baby because mucus methods can um, get more confusing because your body is going through a lot of hormonal changes but the temperature method um, remains to be pretty straightforward um, so for those of you that don't know like your basal body temperature is like the temperature at your core um, when you are completely resting and not active whatsoever so you can even get thermometers that um, you sleep with you can put them I believe it's like on your arm and they can connect to an app that will track everything for you it can be a little bit pricey to get these nighttime like tracking thermometers I know it's called the temp drop which is the most popular I looked it up and it was currently on sale when I am recording this for $135 but it makes it so 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 easy for you to follow and um, if you have the app which I think is maybe only like $30 a year for the premium membership. It'll tell you like the different phases of cycle that you're in and like when you're ovulating and those sort of things, which is really cool. Um, so the advantages of this are having it tested, like you can have it tested at the same time every day while you are on, like you're in the same state of mind or your body's in the same state and you won't forget to do it as long as you wear the device that night. I know like if you have to take it yourself in the morning right when you wake up, it could be really easy to forget something like that. Um, so it takes away the guessing, especially if you aren't used to it or you have abnormal or irregular cycles for any reason to have this thermometer that you sleep in um, because it'll give you, I think it like studies your range, but even without that like sleeping thermometer, you, it still takes away the guesswork. Um, if you go the regular thermometer route, um, it's best that you'll have to check it as soon as you wake up and that you're still in bed for the morning for the most accurate results. You don't want any outside factors to be able to change like what your basal body temperature is for the day. Um, like, you know, as soon as you get up, technically, like your body temperature could change because you're moving around and it's just not going to be as accurate because the the degrees of change are very small. We all know that our t body temperatures are supposed to be like 98.6 degrees is like standard. Um, so it's it's pretty small, the changes, but there are trends that our body naturally follows. What I think is so incredible is that it naturally happens and it can tell us, um, you know, when we're in each phase, including our fertile window, like, I don't know, the body just amazes me and... The fact that um, there's just so much to know and how much just naturally happens all the time that we're not even aware of is just really incredible to me. So I just think it's so cool that naturally we have these temperature changes that are going on based on like our cycle and like our fertility and all of that. So um, yeah, the temp drop and the thermometer of basal body temperature, that is definitely one method that you can go with. And I feel like it's a good like beginner place and, um, you know. I don't think you have to be taught it by anybody, especially if you have a temp drop um, device. You just can purchase it and then get going. So I think that's a really cool, super easy option to go with um, if you're not wanting to use like hormonal birth control. Um, I will then kind of explain like the method that I'm most familiar with. Like I said, I have experience doing is a mucus method and um, it does require more training and going to like a specialist who teaches it. Um, you can look up on their website to find someone near you. And I'm sure there's even people who will work with you online 
Um, but yeah, I specifically learned using the what's called the Creighton method, um, which is a standardized modification of the Billings ovulation method. If you're familiar with that, um, it was defined on their website as being the first standardized system of the menstrual and fertility cycle biomarkers, which strongly links and networks the ability to achieve or avoid pregnancy successfully with the ability of the woman to monitor and maintain her gynecological and reproductive health, which that's kind of confusing, but it's it's a standardized system in that it is the same across the board for every single person that follows your menstrual and overall fertility cycle biomarkers. In this case, um, like your bleeding and your mucus and all of that. Um, so it links and networks the ability to achieve or avoid pregnancy, um, which means you can use it to either know when you should be having sex to have a baby or when you should be avoiding to avoid a baby basically. And then, um, like I said, it's all based on your ability to monitor and maintain your gynecologic and reproductive health. So like you are fully in control and in charge of what's going on and it empowers you to know exactly what's going on and how to use that information. What I like about it, like I said, is that it is often paired with a specific type of, um, I guess like healthcare, uh, is how I would describe it, um, which is called NAPRO technology, N-A-P-R-O, which I had never heard about until I went to a doctor. Um, my physician had this that I've talked about in the past. I learned about from my sister in order to begin like charting my cycle, but, um, a NAPRO technology physician seeks, seeks to diagnose and understand the underlying problem and applies a treatment that restores reproductive health rather than just masking or suppressing symptoms. So it's a much more holistic approach to your reproductive health um, rather than just like treating specific symptoms or trying to mask them with um, or suppress them with different medications. They really look at the cause and then work with you to make changes in your lifestyle make changes in your supplements and make changes in your medication to best support like your body and your reproductive health. So I will add that it is a method that is easiest learned if you are not currently sexually active, um, though possible still if you are. Um, and like I said, it's best learned from a teacher that is a fertility care practitioner who will help you understand and interpret your charting. So for myself, I went to a nurse at my office that at my doctor's office that taught the Creighton method, but I'm pretty sure my sister learned from someone who was independent who um, was Creighton certified. So it just kind of depends, but you can go to their website, like I said, um, with the Creighton method, which um, I can link and you can find someone to learn from if you're interested. So they help you with guidance along the way and also allows you to know early on if you're experiencing anything abnormal because they're trained to know what is normal when it comes to charting. So if anything is abnormal, they can help you address it with your doctor. Um, so this really helped me to learn about my low progesterone that I, and then that I was experiencing cysts and helped diagnose my endometriosis because not only did I have the proof and like the written information about what specific symptoms I was experiencing, 
with my body, I also had the advocation of my nurse stepping in and speaking directly with my doctor about um, the things that I was experiencing and the things we would discuss when it came to charting. And so she really helped me to also to make sure I was getting the care that I needed um, because she saw and heard from me like all of these things that were abnormal that I didn't even know about personally. So they are a huge, huge, huge help. Um, it also gave me a lot of confidence in understanding my health um, just because uh, it taught me so much about like what's going on with my body. And like I said, I've said before, like I didn't know that anything I was experiencing was abnormal because nobody ever taught me either like what should be normal and healthy for a period and again normal and healthy is completely different than things that are commonly experienced which we need to recognize as well um but yeah it just gave me a lot of confidence and which is and it's why like I also advocate for people to learn this method even though it is more work and you have to go to a teacher and all of that, the more people who have this information, the better off we will be as a group of women um, because we could help each other and we will just know ourselves better. And it helped me, like I said, to get diagnosed. And so um, I'm just a huge advocate for learning the Creighton method. But and other methods are perfectly fine as well, especially if you have normal healthy periods like you're not going to be concerned necessarily with all of these details. Like maybe you are simply just trying to avoid getting pregnant. Like that could be the only reason you are on birth control. There's many reasons, obviously, that people start birth control, health reasons or personal um, reasons. So I don't want to put that on everyone that everybody needs to like know literally everything that's going on. But it just helps you be more aware and notice like when things are different but you could do that just by telling yourself that you're going to become more aware and <laughs> keeping notes on like how your cycle is going so you don't have to use this method but I'm a huge advocate for it and especially for people who have abnormalities um it's helpful and it's been really helpful to me anyways so if you go on their website they talk a lot about like involving your spouse in your charting Specifically, um, I think this is because, like, it has a religious background, um, and, like, a, I don't know, like, I think it was, like, founded at, like, a Catholic university, maybe, that, like, did the research and all this information. I'm not really sure, but don't let that deter you either because, um, like, that has nothing to do specifically with, like, the information that you're getting. Like, if you don't have a spouse or a partner you're not religiously affiliated, like, the information still applies, it's standard information, and it can still help you to um, be able to learn these things, so don't let that kind of, like, verbiage or knowledge sway you on, like, which method you are going to learn, because it is open for everyone to learn, and um, it just really relies on your sexual partners being understanding, um, of when you can and cannot be sexually active or maybe you want to use a different form of contraceptive like um contraception wait now I can't think of the word <laughs> like condoms or things like that during like your fertile times um so yeah it just relies on supportive people who are going to understand like your during your fertile window if you're not wanting to be pregnant you shouldn't have sex basically so and the same goes, obviously, for 
the temperature methods like during your fertile window if you don't want a baby you shouldn't be having sex in ways that could <laughs> get you a baby basically um but yeah so don't let that deter you but it does require someone being understanding and you being able to stick up for yourself and whether or not you want to be sexually active anyways moving on from that <laughs> you can still follow this method if you don't have a spouse or a partner and achieve the same results if you learn from a provider and stick through for all 12 months of training, which is important, studies have been shown the level of effectiveness to avoid a pregnancy was 98.7 to 99.8%, which is actually the same as hormonal birth control. So for what it's worth, I have been using this method for over three years to avoid a pregnancy. Now am I potentially infertile because I have endometriosis and other health problems? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I mean, I, but as, as of now, there is like nothing my doctors have found that means that I am known to be infertile. So as well as I know, I am currently fertile and it's been working for me for <laughs> over three years, but also many, 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 many other women who do not have fertility problems have used it successfully, of course. Um, so a little breakdown as well for those of you who don't know because I feel like I come across a lot of people who don't understand like what their cycle consists of. There are technically four distinct phases that you go through every time and I know in some places there's like distinctions between like what's going on with your uterus versus like your follicles and like your fertility when it comes to the cycles, but we're going to talk about these four cycles. So your cycle tech or these four phases, um, your cycle is technically starting at the first day of a new period to the last day before your next period. So I feel like we're often taught that it is 28 days standardly, but truly it can vary for um, most women. Like it's not normal, <laughs> or I shouldn't say it's not normal, but 28 is just like the average like day that amount of days that they say like is a standard period but it's considered normal if it lasts anywhere between 24 and 38 days and is pretty like regular each time if it is shorter or longer than that or irregular then it could indicate health or hormonal issues that you would want to speak with your gynecologist about so your period is what makes up your first phase in the cycle which is called like the menstrual phase it is probably the phase we are all most familiar with um, your sex hormones being testosterone, estrogen, and progesterone are all at their lowest during this time. It can make you feel more tired and need to give your body a rest and slower paced active movements. Um, so feel free to give your body <laughs> slower paced active movements like walking and stretching and things like that during your period. Like that's good for you to not um, stress your body too much. So the next phase after your... Um, menstrual phase is going to be your follicular follicular phase where your progesterone is going to remain low but testosterone estrogen and follicle stimulating hormone will start to rise and this is going to be your body preparing the follicles for ovulation and at the same time the uterine lining is rebuilding from being shed during your period Depending on the length of your cycle, it will take two to three weeks for you to then reach ovulation. At this point, you'll have a spike in lute luteinizing hormone and estrogen, which triggers the release of an egg. 
and this is the point in your cycle where you're going to be fertile a handful of days before you actually ovulate um, because sperm um, can stay inside of your vaginal canal I think it's like five days technically um, especially if you have like healthy fluid um, cervical mucus and then for like up to 24 hours after your actual point of ovulation I believe you can um, still become pregnant even though like the chances go down um, but yeah so you'll be fertile a handful of days before ovulation and right after um, and I know it's been talked about or at least I've seen it more like people are reminding people like you cannot get pregnant your entire cycle there's only a handful of days around ovulation that you can become pregnant so post ovulating you will enter into the final phase of your cycle which is the luteal phase this is the time that your luteinizing and follicle stimulating hormones are going to decrease um, because you've already released the eggs so you don't need those anymore and the ruptured follicle that released the egg will close and something that's called a corpus luteum is going to produce um, your progesterone and estrogen so um, that corpus luteum is formed by like the follicle closing after releasing the egg and that's what makes your progesterone and estrogen for that time in your cycle so these will both reach their peak about halfway through this final phase um, your body technically is preparing for a possible pregnancy and if there is not a pregnancy then the corpus luteum will begin to break down and um, that signals for the decline in progesterone and estrogen and then um, your body will eventually um, when those hormones reach their their low point will begin your menstruation again and then your cycle starts all over so hopefully that wasn't just like a boring like health class lesson I think it's really interesting that we have these four phases and our hormones do um, different things at each point in your body so you can see all of the different stages that your body's naturally going through every single time all the time you make your way through your menstrual cycle um, so this is why our energy levels and our moods all have different shifts like throughout this cycle um, you know, you don't always feel exactly the same in each phase of your cycle, like about yourself or just like mentally. So, like I said, it's so much different than what I described as males experiencing um, earlier with their 24-hour shifts in their hormones. And someone, please tell me why no one is explaining this to us when we were middle school. And if you did learn about this, that is awesome, but I know I certainly didn't. Like, why is this not the depth of information we receive when we're learning about our periods? I remember being told about periods in the extent that they happen and that we can use tampons and pads when we're on our period and that we're going to go through puberty and we need to wear deodorant. Like, that's about all I remember. And I know, like, we learned a little bit about the reproductive system very briefly, and cycles maybe that the cells go through but nothing about what our bodies are experiencing on a hormonal level and how these like phases and changes happen throughout like our cycle and maybe I wouldn't have been receptive to it at the time but at least I would have been aware and I would have been able to better advocate for myself and know what to expect and like what was considered abnormal which again I've discussed like struggling with that before um, so I will just add also like a brief discussion on what all of this information means then for someone who is 
taking the contraceptive birth control pill. So your body is actually not experiencing all of these natural cycles while on the pill because um, like when you're taking them correctly, your body's not going to experience ovulation. The bleeding that you have um, or would have if you were on the pill um, is called actually withdrawal bleeding and can change at different points of being on the pill. It is also why you can intentionally skip the bleeding by avoiding the placebo pills. Um, to my understanding, there is no, there's no medical reason to experience the monthly bleeding with the placebo pills. It also prevents the lining of your uterus from growing thicker as it would naturally. The bleeding was just designed um, by the scientists who invented the pill in order to mirror a normal cycle. Um, the patch that you can have for birth control works similarly in that it contains estrogen and something called progestin, which is just an artificial form of progesterone that um, will stop your ov ovulation and it also thickens your cervical mucus, making it harder for sperm to get through to ovulate the egg. And then the same goes for the ring, um, except the hormones are being absorbed like through the mucous membranes, obviously in your vagina rather than like on your skin. I don't know if people wear them like on their arms or um, where you might wear the patch, but obviously the Nuva ring or any kind of ring goes inside. And then there's something called the mini pill, which does not contain estrogen, only the progestin. And it still allows you to ovulate, but the idea with that is that it thickens the cervical mucus enough to prevent your body from having a hospitable environment for the sperm. So I think maybe it's like breastfeeding women um, and people who need to avoid estrogen would then be more likely to take that form of birth control. And then an injection is also a progestin-only um hormone but it does prevent ovulation unlike the mini pill while also changing the cervical mucus which is similar to the mini pill um, so basically these forms are preventing a pregnancy or um, aiding in any health issues like endometriosis are just preventing your body from functioning as normal so it's altering your hormones and I think that's why or it's definitely why so many women feel different or have negative experiences using like being on the pill, it often is just a mask for what symptoms you might be experiencing, not an actual cure. And now I'm obviously not a medical doctor. I don't know every single reason that people um, start taking birth control. And I know that there is a slew of reasons that you might have the birth control pill. So this is like no means intended to shame anyone um, whatsoever or talk negatively about like one form or another. I personally really prefer the um, natural ways of allowing my body to still function as normal and as it should um, and there's been a lot of other things I've done that have helped my endometriosis rather than just like masking the symptoms and not allowing my body to go through those natural hormone cycles but that's what is like best for me and that's what I feel best doing and I'm um, I yeah I don't want to shame anyone whatsoever for a choice that they have made for their own bodies and again this is never intended to be any type of direct medical advice I just want people to feel informed about their bodies and all of the options available to them because I know like as someone who does the like fertility awareness route with like mucus um, charting 
and understanding my cervical mucus to know like whether I'm fertile or not and everything else with my body um it's looked down upon or people view it negatively and that it can't possibly work or doctors like often like push people away from doing those kind of methods but I just want you to know what the options are and that these kind of things do exist especially if you feel like crap on your birth control and you want to experience life without it so always 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 speak to your own trusted medical provider before making any decisions for yourself i just like to talk about personal experiences and reliable things i read with reliable resources and research to develop all of the content in this podcast um and like like i said i just want you to feel informed about all of your choices and what's going on with your body on the birth with birth control Um, Because I don't think a lot of people realize, like, that they aren't going through, like, their natural cycle. Or maybe you do, and you're okay with that, which is perfectly fine. Or maybe it's your only option. I'm okay with that. I just want people to know what else exists and to give people some information on, like, what exactly their cycle is. Because I know talking to, like, friends or just other people, like, on the internet... People are confused about what the cycle is and I wasn't trying to be like all medically or whatever and now I'm just like apologizing for everything I said but I don't want anybody to take it the wrong way. Um, I wasn't just trying to like push uh, like a biology lesson on you but also I was in the sense that I want everybody to understand and know. So hopefully all of that information has been helpful and you can use it to build upon your understanding of your body better. I would absolutely love to do a Q&A in the future if you have any questions whatsoever about anything I talked about today, anything I've talked about in the past, or things that just cross your mind you want to know about like nutrition and hormones or being a dietitian, like truly anything. Um, you can send me any question you have via email or on Instagram, both of which are included in the notes to this episode. Um, It would also be a huge, huge favor for you to subscribe to the podcast, share with your friends, and leave a review or comment about how much you enjoyed any episode. This will help me significantly in being able to grow my podcast and to reach more people and get more information shared. So as always, I hope that this helps you to be able to make better bites. Have a good day.